0: says, Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth or face to face, clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Moses is a very impressive guy. When you speak to God mouth to mouth or face to face, in other words, that's pretty impressive. Moses had a very close relationship with God. And I believe that you're here this morning in this place of worship to get closer to God as well. We're going to look at a few key moments in Moses' life and just see some basic principles that perhaps we can apply in our lives in developing and growing our relationship with God. And this is the final sermon on the series of Moses, Prince of Egypt. Someone has called Moses the man of mountaintop experiences. So think about if you've ever been on the top of a mountain. Literally, you just get these grand views of everything even far away. And it's just so lovely up there. But think about mountaintops spiritually. Special moments and experiences where you encounter God in a special way. They're rare. They don't happen every day, but they do occur. And they can be life-changing experiences. For me, it was the story I've told you many times about seeing the four angels or spiritual beings pass through the walls of the Arnold Lynch funeral home, which, which totally opened my eyes that there is a God in a spiritual world It's real. And then my conversion experience when I was born again, and I knew that instantly, in one moment, everything changed, and that truly, God lived inside of me through the person of the Holy Spirit. And just one more quick story, the Emmaus Walk. I don't know if you've ever heard of Emmaus Walks, if they do them down here, but I attended an Emmaus Walk that was really a life-changing experience, and I had the privilege to speak at five men's Emmaus Walks and one women's Emmaus Walk. And If you ever get invited to do it, do it. (laughs) It's fantastic. The last night, I wish I could tell you in detail what it's like, but I would spoil the surprise, so I can't do that. But i never felt such an outpouring of God's love and people's love ever. What a great experience. It's just thinking about it, it gives me goosebumps. Life-changing experiences where we get to know God better. And we hear him speaking to us and we know it's God. Let's look at Moses' four mountaintop experiences. The first was at Mount Horeb. The mountain of first encounter. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, for some people, this is the mountain of salvation, where they meet the Lord for the first time. But let me answer a question, first of all. Where is this place? Traditionally, it said it's in the South Sinai Peninsula but Paul tells us it's actually in Arabia what would be modern day Saudi Arabia Galatians 4:25 Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia she corresponds to the present Jerusalem for she is in slavery with her children It's also the place where Elijah heard the still small voice 1 Kings 19:8 And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Moses had fled to this place 40 years earlier from Egypt, and now he's 80 years old. The past 40 years, he's been tending the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro, a Midian priest. He, Moses, was the prince of Egypt. Now he's a sheep herder. Moses was just going through his daily routine. Maybe that particular day it was especially ho-hum routine. And then God showed up. And God could show up in our lives at the most unexpected times. I imagine Moses felt like he was never going to be used by God again. He was old now. Washed up. A has-been. On the shelf. Nearing the end of his life. But then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, it says in our text, That's another way of saying biblically that God appeared to him. Moses maybe had even been on this mountain before or mountains like it. And he had certainly seen bushes like those bushes before. But this bush was different. It was on fire, but it didn't burn up. God got his attention. And then God calls him by name. I like that. God knows your name, your situation your circumstance your problems your pain your trials is he calling your name today god called us out of egypt as it were out of sin when he saved us we believed and became born again christians but then god says don't come too close to me for i am a consuming fire first timothy 6:15 6, and 16 which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Moses, take the shoes off your feet for this place is holy ground. Where God is, is holy ground. God isn't the man upstairs, our chum, our buddy. He is a holy God, awesome, dwelling in unapproachable light. Are there any burning bushes in your life right now? Is God speaking to you? William Cowper, the hymn writer, wrote Jesus, whenever thy people meet, where they behold the mercy seat. Wherever they seek thee, thou art found. And every place is hallowed ground. God revealed Himself to Moses that day, and He's revealed Himself to us too. Otherwise, we couldn't know God. If it were up to us, we would just invent or create a God in our own image. It says in First John four ten, "In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation." For our sins. God always takes the initiative. He makes the first move. God had a mission for Moses and we too are saved to do a job for God. It certainly involves sharing our faith, our Christian witness for Moses. It was to li- deliver God's people. One writer said an authentic encounter with God always involves us in the answer. What we want God to do for us, God wants to do through us. And he'll always resource you for whatever mission that he has for you. But in verse 11, Moses balks. He's not sure he's up for the challenge. He's too old now. He knows his limitations. That could be a good thing. But God is confident in Moses. He's been dealing with him, working with him for 40 years in the backside of the desert. And all that work, God knew he was ready for his assignment. And God says, I'll be with you. And you know what? That's all any of us should ever need or want. That promise. God says, I will be with you. You can be sure. That if God has given you a task to do for him, that he will completely equip you for that task. The second mountain is Mount Sinai. The Mount of Sanctification. Mount Sinai. Moses, his first mountain experience, he met God and was commissioned by God for service. Now he was carrying out that mission. God had supernaturally delivered his people from Egypt. He sent 10 plagues against 10 Egyptian gods and mightily delivered them out and then drowned Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. So Moses comes back to the same mountain that he was at before. As God told him, remember that at the end of Exodus 3 verse 12. You've probably figured out by now this mountain has two names, Horeb and Sinai. So, I'm using the other name here to distinguish it from uh, how God worked in Moses at the first time. God revealed his name to Moses at Horeb. Exodus 3.14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. He revealed his name at Horeb. He reveals his ways at Sinai. We meet God at salvation when we're born again. But we don't know what pleases God yet. We have a lot to learn. We have a lot we need to know about God and His ways. And, and that's primarily for us Christians through God's Word. Be in the Word every day. On Mount Sinai, God specifically told Moses what pleases him. He told him about what it would take to worship him. What atone for sin. About building a tabernacle, this dwelling place for God and all the furniture and implements in the tabernacle. He gave them Moses feast days where God would be celebrated on special days and laws that the people were to keep. Look at Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 to 24. I want to read this section next. Very intriguing and mysterious passage, isn't it? Let's read Exodus 19, 3-6. There Israel encamped before the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom, a priest and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. In verses five and six there, God makes a covenant with the Jews. They would need to obey the stipulations of the covenant and God would bless them. As a result, they would be. God's very own possession, a special treasure. They'd be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And you know what? We are that now. Look at First Peter 2, 4 to 5 and 9 to 10. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now You have received mercy. Peter takes that same text in Exodus 19 and applies it to us Christians, God's people. Now, this is who we are. This is our identity. We are a holy people. Priests, every one of us who stand before God ministering to him. Each one of us is gifted to do what God wants. So these mountaintop experiences come into our lives And they come to increase our knowledge of God and His ways, but also our responsibilities too. Third mountain, Mount Nebo. Mount Nebo, the mountain of glorification. Moses is now 120 years old. He's completed the work that God gave him to do. He led the people faithfully out of Egypt. He gave them God's law. He led them to the border of the promised land, but he himself could not go in because earlier he had sinned against God and God would not permit him into the promised land. It was when the people were complaining about a lack of water and Moses was sick of their complaining. And God said to, them, to Moses, speak to the rock and I'll bring water out of it. And instead, Moses, in anger, struck the rock. That story is in Numbers 20, 9 through 12. And Moses took his staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. Shall we bring water out for you out of this rock? Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Now we come to Deuteronomy 34, 1 to 6. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab. This would be modern day Jordan to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah. Which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan, all Nephthali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea, the Negev, and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, and the cities of palm trees, as far as Zor. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, God, buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. One last time, God asked Moses to climb a mountain. He had a mountaintop experience at Horeb where he met God, a mountaintop experience at Sinai where he learned God's ways, and now a mountaintop experience where he learns he will die. And the text tells us his grave site is still to this day unknown. From Nebo's heights, Moses could see the promised land below him. And what a panoramic view it is! You could go there today and have that same view. Kathy and I recently drove the entire length of Skyline Drive. And it's a beautiful drive. Just so picturesque with its overlooks and beautiful valley views below. Moses would have seen the Jordan River, which they'd soon cross into the promised land. He would see Jericho, the city that they would take immediately to the north was hill country. Beyond that, snow-capped Mount Hermon. He would have seen perhaps the Sea of Galilee in the distance and way in the distance to the west, the Mediterranean Sea. And he would have seen a place called Jebus. And that little tiny town would later become Jerusalem, the place where one day on a hilltop called Mount Zion, the Jewish people would build a temple to God where he would dwell. And then one day, a prophet like unto Moses would come and be crucified at that place. Moses saw all that. He took it in. The purpose of his life was before his very eyes. All that he had lived for and dreamed for, he wanted to go in so badly. He was seeing this land his purpose, but he would not realize that dream. And life can be like that for us. We have a goal, a dream, something we want to accomplish, something that we want to see. And maybe we will, maybe we won't. Mountaintops can be sad and lonely places, too. But you can rest assured that God will meet you there at death. He will be with you and he will walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. I know as a pastor, I've had the privilege to be with quite a few people nearing death, even some right there in their presence when they passed away. And it is an awesome thing to be invited by a family to be at a bedside of someone dying. But many have said to me, I'm ready to go. I want to go. I don't want to stay here any longer. I want to cross over and be with the Lord. So while we, like Moses, may not always reach our goals in this life, we could be assured that the best goals that God has for us will be accomplished in the next. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The final mountain. The Mount of Transfiguration. The Mount of Transfiguration. This mountain could be, I think it's probably Mount Hermon because it says it's a very tall mountain. Mount Hermon is in northern Israel on the Syrian border. Today it would be the Golan Heights. We know that Moses was not permitted to cross over the Jordan River and enter the promised land. Now, 1400 years have passed since Moses' death. And that great prophet that Moses prophesied would come, one like him, appeared. Mark 9, 2-5. Let's look at this story. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. And they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Moses and Elijah appear with the transfigured Christ. They're discussing what would soon happen to Jesus. Centuries before this, 14 centuries before this, Moses had this heartbreaking experience on top of Mount Nebo. He would never enter this land. This purpose of his entire life would not be realized. And he was buried, having never set foot in the promised land. But you know what? At that moment with Elijah, he was on a mountain in Israel, in the promised land with Jesus. He made it after all. Moses' disappointment on Nebo at the end of his life, I think, can speak to us. Because we can learn, ultimately, to trust God's providence and grace. So I say to you this morning, give God time. Just put your life 100% into His hands and trust Him, and then see what He does. He will walk with you through all life's valleys and all life's mountaintop experiences too. And then someday lead you home to sing the song of Moses in heaven as recorded in Revelation fifteen two to 4 And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire. And also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. Lord, thank you for this story of Moses on these mountaintops. That we too have experiences where we meet you and learn more about your ways. Life-changing experiences. Lord, I pray that your people are having those. That they're drawing close to you. You're speaking to them. They're opening your word and encountering you. And that, Lord, you would give us all assurance That someday when we pass from life here to life there, You will go with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. We can trust in You completely with our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen.